Jewish Board Talk with Sharice Zaffert. To take stock for a business is to physically count and record all the items that the business owns. For a person, it is to reflect on the state of your life. And for a situation, it is to analyze all the factors involved in order to make a decision regarding what needs to be done. Taking Stock is therefore the appropriate and clever title for a documentary that focuses on the family business Benoni Discount Store. What starts, though, as a documentary about a shopkeeper and his business turns into something like a son looking at his own relationship with his father. I'm joined now by both father and son, Clive and Ben Stillman, to tell me the story behind the story that resulted in the project. Ben and Clive, welcome and thank you so much for joining me. Thank Thank you you for having having us. Ben, let's start with you. What motivated you to make this documentary? Yeah, um, you know, the origin of the film was twofold. One, I... Uh, it was practical in in one sense in that i I knew I needed to make a film that no one else was going to make a film and about first beat me to the punch about um, and I knew that no one else was going to make a documentary about my father um, and about our family business um, but the second uh, the second reason I decided to make this film was because I felt like you know, they they tell you that the two most important things to have when you're setting out to make a documentary, the first is a good character, and the second is very good access to that character. And <laughs> even though my father was not entirely um, aware, I knew that we had good access, and I felt that he was an excellent character to track over the course of uh, a film to find a story and to engage about some of these topics that I was interested in. I watched the movie and I thought it was excellent. I thought I thought it would at some point be a story about Jewish immigration to South Africa, but it's actually not about that at all. When I'd read a review, a kind of, it was it's, this is a, a universalist story. It's a story about family. It's a story about business. It's a story about values, and and all of this comes through throughout. But I think I have to ask your dad, Clive. Um, did you know when you agreed to this? what the outcome would be? No idea whatsoever. I had absolutely no idea. Even while they were filming it, I had no idea. They shot over a 100 hours, uh, as you'll see in the movie, in my car, uh, wherever I was, there was a camera and a mic on somewhere. And I was had no idea how they would cut it. But, uh, yeah, I had no idea specific, and especially uh, with regard to the contextualization of the movie in the apartheid days, I thought that was pretty well done by Ben. If you knew now what you, if you knew then what you know now, would you have gone ahead with it? Yes, I think I would have. I would have put pressure on him to cut it in a kinder way. One of the things he said was that uh, he had to, when I was pretty taken aback by the final product, because there were so many hours and funny moments, etc., that uh, uh, I said to him, how do you come to cut it like this and portray me like this? He said he had to uh, 
balance it between kindness and truth. So uh, my line is, well, you were very schnup with the kindness. Um, Again, I I really sympathize with your dad because I think it's very brave to let a child take a – any child, your own child, take a camera and expose you in the way that I think you exposed your dad. Um, Clive, do you think it was in the end a true reflection? I guess. I mean, uh, I think it lacked – I mean, there were definite gaps and I don't think – you can do justice to a man's life in an hour and ten minutes. And there were definite gaps. My daughter was unable to be in the movie because she was in another country. It wasn't a massive budget film where that we could mm. cover everything. I think, uh, and what I really, really agree with you and uh, appeals to, uh, which I'm astounded by, is its universal appeal. Mm. I mean, it's doing so well in America. I'm uh, astounded by that. Ben, um, you took over, he said, 100 hours of footage. How did you decide on what to include, what not to include? Yeah, um, you know, the thing with a documentary is you set out to try and find some truth somewhere in these stories that are massive. You know, my, my dad's absolutely right. There's no way to effectively represent a, a, a full life of 60 years in 85 minutes. It's, it's not possible, and it's not, it's not really what you try and do. What you try to do, I think, is to create a story to build some structure to um, take the audience on a, a little journey um, after filming. So we filmed for, for one month. And the reason we did that was because it was a, a sort of cycle in business, um, a beginning to a month and an end to a month. Um, and, and so that created a little bit of, of a, a skeleton to start from. Um, and 100 hours is about accurate. We, we filmed for the month um, – pretty much every day, a couple hours, a range of interviews and uh, verite stuff where you're just kind of hanging out, fly on the wall stuff. And um, for anyone who's not clear, um, the documentary process, the, the, the editing process of a documentary is really possibly the most important creative part of the filmmaking process. It's, it's, it's most easily likened to, in a fiction film, um, it's the writing process. It's when you work out who the main characters are, when they come up, what their um, story arcs are, what the what the kind of key plot points are that you focus on um, and use to create the the impression in the audience that you want to leave them with. Um, you know, we um, and I think what's really important to 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 note is that we found the story. In the edit, uh, you know, I, this was a first feature film for me, um, and so I, I, I was inexperienced. And they, they, you know, we came with a crew, and we filmed everything we could. We filmed as many interviews as we could. We filmed with all sorts of different people. We tried different experimental days where we where we went out and filmed in places to see if we could elicit some kind of interesting reaction from my dad or from supplemental characters and what we and some of it worked but some of it didn't work and we found in the edit what worked and I want to shout out to my my two editors who 
Um, never met my father until after the film had been edited, which was hmm. intentional. Um, they were able to keep an air of objectivity about them to say, okay, this is funny, this is moving, without being um, sort of impacted in the way that I was because he was my father. Well, I think let's bring that up. Let's talk mm. about that. It's an intensely personal show. Okay, and both of you show a lot of raw emotions. Okay, um, there are moments where Ben kind of says, "I started off doing this as a legacy. I got a lot of guilt coming through there as well." Ben, he's not taking up the family business, and a lot of emotion also from Clive. And it just seemed like you both pushed each other. You pushed Clive to go to a, a, a home of a staff member who had obviously been with the business for a long time. What emotional impact did it have on both of you? Well. For me, it was tremendously impactful. Um, I think one of the key, you know, what we, we we really tried to be as truthful as possible in the film. We we tried to keep the 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 constructed moments to a minimum, so the emotion is real. Um, and I think one of the most impactful moments for me was when we had one of our uh, semi on camera uh, conflicts. Um, and then spoke about it afterwards, um, there was a moment where we both kind of looked at each other and, and my dad explained to me that, you know, he's, he's not trying to do, you know, he's not trying to actively be um, difficult sometimes, and, and I realized that neither was I, and, uh, and, and he implored me to, to to go easier on him mm. basically to understand that we're all just kind of flawed people and it's there's a there's a realization point for all children i think when they when they see that their parents are people mm. rather than these kind of idealized mythical you know infallible figures they're people just like just like i am um and that was a big moment i think for me and it, it actually the entire film shifted a little bit from that point to a place of of care and tolerance and and hope and forward looking rather than a place of um you know maybe something closer to vengeance or frustration yeah. and for you Clark? well at one stage he there was a one line i asked him uh I mean, he said to me, he didn't know whether he was doing the movie to pay me back or get me back. So I was quite shocked by the level of uh, hurt in uh, that he had experienced anyway. I wasn't even aware of it. It was like revelationary to, uh, to me. And, uh, you know, uh, also interestingly enough, the fact that the two editors, uh, Sean and Harris, had uh, never met me. I mean, when I eventually met them, they told me that they knew me better. I said to them, you guys know me a lot better than I know you, as I could say about you. So, yeah, I mean, to make it more subjective, you know, they but the He'd, film did have an impact on you, as you've uh, spoken about. Massive, uh, um, massive. So I mean, it's it's quite a humbling thing. I mean, even the way I articulated myself, it was it's pretty embarrassing. I mean, <laughs> swear, swearing like a sailor, you know. <laughs> well, I, I, I wasn't exactly using the Queen's English. 
But Clive, when you watch the documentary, you get um, a feeling that for many ways... Ben was highlighting to you things that maybe you've taken for granted. Mm. And one of the things that comes across so clearly in the documentary, and one of the st- former staff members referred to it, is a, um, a culture of anger. Mm. While you were in it, I, I imagine it was intense. As you say, having a microphone and cameras on you for a full month must be a highly intense situation. Mm. When you reflect back, do you still feel the same emotions you did then? I do because I realize I do I do have anger issues and uh, it's a very humbling uh, thing to uh, experience. I mean, both uh, both the the mother and the sick man have since died. Oh, yeah, when he herself died, and uh, you know, just the and okay, once again the guilt of it and the. The fact that uh, he didn't have access to prompt uh, medical attention, you know, uh, he was having his uh, surgery months down the line. He already had stage four cancer. It's heartbreaking for Mm. me. And, uh, yeah, uh, humbling, I'd say, is is one of the emotions I felt. I felt humbled, no doubt about it. I wasn't unaware, as you might have realized, of my privilege and in the world. Uh, and I think that that is captured. I think, I mean, you get your dad's kindness coming through and you get your dad's anger coming through throughout, throughout the movie. And I just want to again, Clive, having watched the movie afterwards, mm. What impact did it have on you? Well, it was a shocker for a start. Even now, I find it very hard to watch. I didn't watch uh, uh, the early cuts. For some reason, they kept me out of it, and I was happy with that. I said, and uh, one of the actors, and I mean, the, one of the guys included, said to me, Stiller, you better watch it. I said, no, I'll see it at the... He said, just watch it. You might get a bit of a shock. To be fair, I, I will say that I think a lot of my dad's friends and family were more concerned about the impact it would have on my dad than he was. I think I think my dad took it in his stride. I think, you know, you took a little time after you saw the mm. first cut to to reflect you maybe felt a little bit a little bit um sideswiped by it um because it was so Raw. It was less general than I think he was expecting. Um, but then, you know, we we took it on a, on a bit of a tour. We we screened it at a few places, and um, and you know, we I think we I think I think our relationship has improved. I think we're 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 we both see each other as as um, positive forces through the making of this of this this piece. Um, my dad. Uh, immediately committed to walking three hours a day to lose weight after seeing himself in the film and deciding he didn't like the way he looked. That was one of the superficial benefits. I mean, I lost 17 k since the Okay, so, so you look, you're looking well. And another Thank impact you. is that, um, you know, there were three stores in the business, and my, one of my dad's best-received lines in the film was, maybe it's better to work a little less hard consolidate and not be the richest man in the cemetery and 
he's you know he's subsequently sold one of his three businesses and he is um taking a bit more time we just got back from a family uh, wedding in cape town he's got a young you. son jack who is in the film briefly and, and and they spend a lot of quality time together that i think is something new you know something that that has come as as my dad has realized the importance of of taking time you know when we were growing up i think it was a very clear six-day work week and golf on Sunday, um, and uh, and I think you've you've grown to enjoy family time a lot more. You know, you, he travels for all I the. I wouldn't bombings. exaggerate. <laughs> the ben- I wouldn't exaggerate the benefits. Yeah. Um, and w- one of the lines that also uh, it talks to that in the movies is he says, and I'm, uh, this is not a direct quote, but along the lines of, "Instead of making a living, I should be living." And, yeah. and um, you you interviewed Ben a lot of the family members, um, your mom, your current wife. Um, what was the reception t- to everybody on that? Um, so as I briefly sort of started mentioning, I think you know my dad has got a tremendous circle of friends and family, um, and they were a little worried because they felt like they had known. 60 years of good times, generosity, fun, um, you know, much more than just 85 minutes of distilled um, extremes on both sides. Um, And they felt like it was maybe a little bit harsh a representation. And I think it's a credit to my dad that so many people wrote me when we were at the rough cut stage and I was looking for opinions from some people about what was working people and what wasn't. People close to you? People close, yeah. To you, but not your dad? Uh, no, people because close to dad. both of okay. us, you know, family, aunts and uncles and friends who knew us both. Um, and a lot of them said, you know, you need to you need to remember some of the good stuff too. I think a lot of the – I think the first cut that I made was the most cathartic one for me. It was a, it was a lot of frustration. It was a lot of it was a lot of the fighting and the, but then I realized that that's not all there is. You know that was a good first draft for me to kind of work through a little bit of my frustrations, um, and and to the to the credit of my dad and to and and luckily because of his wide circle of friends and family, they reached out and said, "Go easy," because he's a good guy and you know he's a good guy. It was also unfunny, I thought. And that's true. They said make it funnier. Yeah. And, that yeah. was, and that was a and, very good piece and, of And, Clive, I have to commend you because you come across very um, with a really good sense of humor. You know, there's a part. And I, I know it m- might be frustrating for people listening to this who haven't seen it to kind of understand. But you, you talk, he talks about you being your dad and you go, Oy vey, you know, and yeah. it kind of it's like you have a great sense of humor. Thank you. And I think your humanity comes through hugely you know and the staff i think the, the interviews with the staff i think must have been very difficult and I, I got the feeling that they felt being interviewed about their boss was very vulnerable for them as well and i think some were like can i say this on camera can, can, can i actually say this and and you know will there mm. be repercussions but the fact that they did mm. means that they, there's a, a huge history and a huge sense of trust well, fired most of them so. <laughs> Did you notice how many generations and re- no. and re- and and they didn't even half mention everybody in the business? It's very incestuous. There generations yes. and 
everybody is family of somebody else yes. in the yeah. thing. So yeah. uh, that also yeah. means a lot to me. That wouldn't be there if it was all bad. No, either. absolutely. And and um, you, please tell me you haven't fired the young man whose cousin worked there. <laughs> His father worked there. Uh, no, no, he's still there. <laughs> Michael. Oh, yeah, yeah, he's great. No, They're all great. They all look yeah, great yeah. and they all look very, very loyal. Uh, you know, I joked about it, but uh, <laughs> yeah, Harris, uh-uh. when they asked him if he enjoyed working here, he said, next question. <laughs> but, That's you know, we screened it for the um, all the staff. We, we had a, a really cool screening event on the rooftop of one of the businesses um, a little while back. And there were, I was a little worried um, that, that it was going to be received um, poorly, um, or at least received with with uh, with with concern. But um, but it was it was extremely warmly received um, by the staff. You know, they felt like it had been fair um, and um, and honest and. Um, and they also they you know they themselves knew that there was more to it than. An occasional yeah. shout, you know. Yeah. There was there was, there's there's been generations of, of generosity in in other ways too. Well, Klutzi put it brilliantly. He said, "Part of the culture of the place yeah. is motivation by noise." <laughs> what are you doing? <laughs> and do you still shout? Big time, yeah. Oh, okay. I think I'm so. I mean, uh, I I would think that I've tried to temper my behavior somewhat. I but think I'm he has. And the business itself, because it looks like the time you're filming, there are all kinds of issues that both of you are dealing with. For you, mm. it's something you wanted to do, and now it seems like a daily grind. You're mm. hardly in the business that long. Did the way you run and view your business change after the documentary? Yeah, definitely. Firstly, uh you know, even uh, listening to my ex-wife, I had regrets, his mum, and uh, and the way I treated, uh, you know, I, I spoke to her possibly. There were no intrinsic problems there. In fact, we're very friendly now. Uh, uh, but it was difficult for me, no, no question about it. I mean, uh, you know, uh, you don't expect to be exposed this way mm. when you when you're behaving that way. <laughs> so uh, it wasn't. I, I, we have time for one last question, and I think Ben, I, I got a lot of guilt coming through from you. The expectation that you would be taking over the family business when it was very clear that you weren't, and then the, the kind of the fact that your father wasn't resentful for it. He allowed you the opportunity to go and study and become a documentary maker. Your feelings now. You know, I think any good story is is at its foundation about conflict. Um, and almost subconsciously, I realized that there was there were multiple layers of conflict in the story. There was conflict between the business and um, and its community, the business and the country. Um, there was conflict between. My, Me and my father, bet- mm. between family members, between my dad and and all of us, um, and and there was conflict between me and my dad, and I think it was 
lucky that we realized sort of halfway through that one of the most um, profound sources of real um, engaging conflict was the the our our interactions the the guilt is <laughs> I laugh because I think guilt is just so inherent to uh, a young white Jewish man in South Africa it's 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 on pretty much every level um, that there's some kind of guilt when you look at the history of the country when you look at the um, relationship between the past generations and the and the current generations when you look at the relationship between um, religion um, between the traditional religion and and now um, I, I don't, my father never made me feel guilty for um, for not going into the business. He wanted me to go and follow my dreams. Mm. And as I say in the film, that was the biggest gift he mm. ever gave. And Total yet- misconception. <laughs> so, you know what? I'm going to have to leave it here because okay. we have run out of time. Sure. But if you would like to see the documentary, and I recommend you do, how can they? Yeah, so um, there's a bunch of different ways to see it. But the quickest and easiest is to go to takingstockfilm.com. Um, or go to our website, uh, go, go to our Facebook um, group, which will kind of link you to the same website. And from there, you can um, stream it online or you can buy the DVD. Um, and we're also in discussion with uh, Showmax and Netflix South Africa to try and get it on there in the next few months. But if you want to see it now, you can you can go to our website, takingstockfilm.com, st- and stream it on Vimeo. Um, or iTunes, or you can buy the DVD from the website. And I really recommend you do because it thank is you. such a sim- it's so a, a kind of a simple story with a lot of depth to it. So thank you both, Ben and Clive, for coming in and sharing the story behind the story.